0: Hey, Pastor Bobby here. I'm so glad you're joining us to hear what God is sharing with our community here at Chapel. And I pray, I am praying right now for you that this message will bless you. It'll be an inspiration to you. It will challenge you to be who God has called you to be and to do what God has called you to do. And so as we jump into the message, I pray that you open up your mind to God's word. Open up your heart to God's spirit and watch the two come together to bring a supernatural miracle in your life. So let's jump into what God is speaking to us right now.
1: 12, verse 3, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. And then in verse 6, he says, if prophecy in proportion to our faith. And there's a couple other verses. If I get to them today, we'll see. Matthew 5, verse 34, do not take an oath at all. In James chapter 5, verse 12, swear not at all. May God be pleased to bless the reading and the preaching of this his most holy and infallible word. Brief word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I ask now for the sprinkling of the blood of Jesus by your Holy Spirit to rest upon every mind in this place in order that their perception of what I say will be heard as you intend. Cleanse my tongue that I will be your transparent vehicle to pass on all that needs to be said, nothing that doesn't need to be said. Help me to be very, very clear, very, very simple to say what needs to be said, may this be life-changing, and a word that brings great honor and glory to your name. I pray in Jesus' name, Amen. Well, thank you, Bobby, for your welcome. Our relationship uh, here, at Christ Chapel, goes back for many years, and I'm uh, just delighted to be back. I'm honored to be with Bobby and Toya, and um, I uh, have been amazed at how God has blessed you. Uh, I had something to do with his being here. For one thing, I could have vetoed it, uh, but I didn't, but I've been holding my breath every year, Uh, but uh, after this year, I feel like I don't need to hold my breath anymore. Uh, God has blessed you wonderfully, and you've made me very proud. A wise son makes a glad father. And uh, it's just thrilling to me the way God has blessed you, Bobby and and Toya. Uh, We come here to get rid of books, if you want to know. I made a mistake at first service, so we'll just keep it up. We always, when we come, we sell them everything for $10 because, I mean, look here. This book, I'm holding my hand, 1699, More of God. Uh, This was not out last year, by the way. You've not read this one. Well, maybe you have, but they haven't. Uh, Forward by Ricky Skaggs, a member of my board. The, The idea of more of God is most people want more from God, get things from him prosperity things from him this is more of him that's for those who want an appetite for just more of God and then uh my book total forgiveness is uh we've uh, come up with an idea 40 days to total forgiveness uh, this is a, b- a brief way of doing it uh to supplement your bible reading devotions uh one a day for 40 days uh and uh it brings you, like, fast forward into total forgiveness. And uh, uh, I'd say read it and then give it to somebody else. Um, we sell everything here for $10. And then after the service is over, TR said, Dad, we've got to make it 12 It was too late. So Charisma House has raised the price. <laughs> We're losing money, literally. It's okay. God always makes up for it. Uh, but here... I'll take get these out of my way and uh, trust that they will be a blessing to you now what lies behind this subject today uh, it's, a, it's a sermon I've never preached before and uh, and I probably have more stuff here than I needed to uh, uh, because in the first service I only got halfway f- finished and I, I couldn't do it all and I'm not going to I know uh, Toya has told me when to quit, and uh, so I will. The thing is, uh, I only had one Sunday uh, that I could come here, and that's today. And then uh, uh, Bobby said, well, uh, could it come a different Sunday because he've, you're having this prophetic conference, and he needed to have, he felt like he should preach on prophecy. I said, well, now, it's the only Sunday I can come. I can do that. Preach on prophecy. Never done it before, but I think I could. So that's 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 the story. And um, so I I trust that what I say will be a blessing to give you an appetite for what is coming. I asked Bobby yesterday, "What is it you hope from this?" He said that I would make you hungry. And uh, whether I achieve that, uh, we'll have to see. Uh, I became aware of the prophetic. Late in my ministry. Uh, I grew up. If you talked about prophecy. You meant book of revelation. Eschatology. Second coming. Uh, and then over the years. I began to see a, a, a new way of looking at it. Was It's not new. But it was new to me. And only I would say. Probably uh, in the early 90s. Uh, a book came out. By Bishop uh, David Pitches. Uh, called the Kansas City Prophets, some say it thundered, and there were four prophetic people uh, that were discussed in the book. I was suspicious of them all uh, when, I, when I read the book. I didn't know I'd ever meet them. Well, lo and behold, uh, I've met all four, three of them now in heaven, uh, Bob Jones, Paul Kane, and John Paul Jackson, who I brought here, Uh, several years ago. Uh, And uh, so I got to know all of these very, very well. Uh, I can tell you that I've been immersed in the good, the bad, the ugly. I've seen it all. I know what it is for prophetic people to make big mistakes. And uh, I want to share today as briefly as I can uh, and as clearly as I can what I hope will be a blessing for you. Uh, it is my view that God can speak today as he did through the prophets of the Old Testament. I believe he can do that. Uh, but you've got to remember that uh, the best of men are men at best, and uh, nobody's perfect. And I've, I've lived long enough to s- say that every person that I've ever begun to admire a little bit too much sooner or later disappointed me and uh, because we shouldn't get our eyes on people and i i say to bobby uh, i will disappoint you uh you're well that's just the way it is well you may ask uh, why deal with this subject the answer is it is i believe uh, very relevant at the present time you're going to have a prophetic conference I uh, wish I could be here and be, be a part of that. Um, the Late Paul, John Paul Jackson, I'll tell you how I was introduced to him. I was in Los Angeles, and a friend of mine, uh, Mike Bickle, took me into this room. He said, just sit down and wait your turn. I didn't know who I was waiting for. Found out it was John Paul Jackson. Uh, he didn't know who I was when he heard my name, never heard of me, never heard of Westminster Chapel. And uh, he begins to say things that are, wow, like he read my life. And it was an eye opener. And Then he said that one day I would have a major influence in South Africa. Well, that meant nothing to me. I didn't care about preaching in South Africa. But then in 2008, a man comes from South Africa to hear me in Australia. And wants me to come to South Africa. I've now been probably 10 times as there a week before last, going back next year at least once. Uh, God has given me a, a role there. And um, because of John Paul's uh, words to me, uh, it, so accurate, uh, I took him seriously. You may recall when we first came here, you that were. Uh, around when we first came with Word Spirit Power Conferences, we were living in Florida. Well, John Paul came to see me in Florida and uh, sitting at dinner one evening, he just, out of the blue, he said, RT, you will live to a ripe old age, but if you don't get in shape physically, you won't be around to enjoy it or words to that effect. He put the fear of God in me and I just started then Exercising, I got a trainer, watch my weight, and there's no doubt in my mind. I said this to him before he died, uh, didn't know he was going to die, but I just said to him, if, if none of your prophecies come to pass, I will always be grateful for one. It changed my life. I started losing weight, exercising. I have a trainer, he'll come to see me Wednesday in Nashville. Uh, I could not travel the world as I do, I couldn't do it. Uh, Far East is open to me, and going back to Korea in a, in a few months, back to Hong Kong, Shanghai in two months, uh, Singapore, the Middle East, Israel in in a couple months, uh, all over England. I, how could I do it? I it was 84 last month. I took that word seriously that John Paul gave to me, and you must remember when Paul says, "Despise not prophesying." Uh, it's easy to dismiss words that 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 might give to you but then after i got to know john paul well and also these others all i got to know all all of them i took paul cain bone fishing in the florida keys i took john paul to the bahamas Uh, bob jones prophesied over me for one hour uh, the day after my heart surgery and i don't remember a thing he said I was still under the anesthetic. Uh, Louise was there. She didn't remember either. But I remember one thing. He said, I was a canopy. He kept saying, I was a canopy. Canopy means that, that I would have a ministry that would cover both Word and Spirit people. Well, that's what he said. Well, I asked John Paul to do something that he never completely got over. I said, stop saying the Lord told me. As I said it to Paul Cain, I begged him, and uh, it's the easiest thing prophetic people do. And there are probably some here, you're wanting to refine a gift of prophecy. Let me urge you, you don't know how serious it is. People just say, oh, well, the Lord told me this, the Lord told me that. Don't say that. You say, what if he did? If he really did, you don't need to say it. And the reason we say, the Lord told me, is not to make the Lord look good. It's to make ourselves look good. So we'll be believed. But if it's authentic, you don't need to say it. And uh, uh, I begged these people to do this. And John Paul had me address about 75, 80 prophetic people in Dallas. And I urged them. And at first, they're very defensive. They won't have it. And then by the time I've finished, every single one of them said, are to you right. And uh, to, to what extent I get to this today, we'll, we'll have to see because I'm, I'm watching the time. I, I don't want to go over. Uh, but here's the question. Uh, what is the reason we would say, thus saith the Lord? Well, um, the reason is that we are trying to give ourselves a higher degree of credibility. And uh, you shouldn't have to do that. The word itself should be credible. I do believe God speaks directly to people today. And to uphold this premise that God speaks directly to people is not violating scripture, it's upholding it. Uh, my mentor, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones, used to say that The Bible was not given uh, to replace revelation. The Bible was given to correct abuses. And so we're going to see today that there are uh, six levels of prophecy. And the highest level is Holy Scripture. And you don't upstage Scripture. And anything we ever say or believe must always come under Scripture. Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Uh, It's equally true the Holy Spirit is the same yesterday and today and forever. But have you ever wondered why that word, Jesus Christ, is the same yesterday and today and forever is where it is? You know, that's a word that could go anywhere in the Bible, Jesus Christ, the same, yesterday, today, and forever. Put it anywhere, it would fit. But then I began to ask, why is it here? And the answer is the verse before and the verse after. It shows that Jesus Christ is the same, but the word doesn't change. The gospel, Holy Scripture. Because it shows in the context, remember the word of God spoken to you by those over you. And we must remember that. Doctrine does not change. Holy Scripture will always be the same. Well, um, I would expect that the context should govern our thinking. Well, now, the question is, to what extent can God speak directly to us today? Well, take, for example, God said to Philip, he says, go to the desert Acts 8, 26, 29, 30. Uh, Rise and go toward the south of the road that goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza. And the Spirit said to Philip, go over and join this chariot. And so Philip ran to him. Uh, What I want to say is that that can happen today. Now, there are those who say God doesn't speak like that today. Well, I can tell you now, uh, he does. Uh, of my book, Holy Fire, is to refute the teaching that God doesn't do that today. God does do it, but you may feel like a fool. How do you suppose Philip felt? The Lord says, go to the desert. He says, desert? Yeah, I'll go to the desert. He goes, he says, what am I doing here? Oh, he sees a chariot in a distance coming. Holy Spirit says, go to the chariot. Turns out Philip led a man to the Lord. Uh, it was a sovereign conversion Uh, God can do that today or uh, take uh, an example in the days of the prophets came down from Jerusalem Acts 8 uh, from Jerusalem to Antioch and one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the spirit that there would be a great famine over the land Uh, God can do that and he can speak directly Uh, Uh, And uh, then look at Philippians 3.16. This is an interesting verse. This is part of Holy Scripture. Let those of us who are mature think this way. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. What does it mean? God will reveal this. This is the way God does. And the truth is, uh, these words apply to all of us. I can tell you, speaking personally, I live to hear directly from God. Now, I have a Bible reading plan. Dr. Martin Lloyd Jones introduced a plan to me, a, divine, a de- devised by uh, the Scottish divine, Robert Murray McShane. And um, he did this to me over 40 years ago, and I can tell you that I've read through the Old Testament New Testament. Uh, 40 times, the New Testament 80 times, Psalms 80 times. And if I know that you are like typical Christians today, there are people here that haven't even read it through once. It shows how high you value Scripture. You need to understand how important the Bible is. And the worst thing that is happening today in the charismatic movement, I can tell you, I know what I'm talking about is they underestimate Scripture. And if you move into the prophetic and you live for words and you prize them more than you do Holy Scripture, you will find that the blessing of God will lift. You may not realize it at first. I can tell you, if you want to get in on God's good side, is anybody here, uh, would you like to know how to get on God's good side, I can tell you. Get to know what he wrote. The Bible is God's Holy Spirit's greatest product. The Holy Spirit's greatest product is the Bible. He wrote it. All scriptures given by inspiration of God. Holy men of old spoke as they were moved by the Spirit. And if you really want to get in on God's good side, get close to him, get to know his word. And know it so well. He is unashamed of his word. Uh, I know a famous person. I will never tell who it is, but I know you'd know him. You'd know him. I happen to know this. I wish I didn't know it. He doesn't read his Bible. He has a prophetic friend that he phones and says, what do you think I should do today? And gets his word like that. You see, this is what we're talking about. This is happening where people don't get around to scripture. They want a prophetic word. Listen, Christ's chapel, as you move into the air of the prophetic, if you go in that direction, you are finished. You may not think it at first. I cannot emphasize this enough. Well, now, on the other hand, Paul says, "Despise not prophesying." Now, when he says to you, "I want you to seek after the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy," what do you think he is saying to you? Is he inviting you to be another Elijah? If So, will that really motivate you to think, oh, desire the gift of prophecy. Maybe I'll be another Moses, a Samuel, an Elijah. Is that what it means? Well, let's let's be careful about this. What if it only means what I'm going to refer to in this talk today as the lowest level of prophecy? What if it means that you just have a word of exhortation? But that is not to be underestimated. I was in Scotland uh, 12 years ago. And a lady that I've never seen before or since. I don't even hardly remember, did I look in her face? Because people were grabbing my elbow and wanted to talk to me. And a lady comes up to me and she says, Every time I see you, I see your heart. What do you mean, heart? Uh, You need to get it checked. You've got a heart condition. I said, thank you. God bless you. (laughs) Well, weeks later, I get an echocardiogram. Turns out that I need to have open heart surgery. It's easy to dismiss something like that. You never know. And what if the kind of prophetic words you get, what if it doesn't mean you will be the next Elijah? Be willing to go where God takes you. Uh, now, God may be pleased to send you a prophetic word, and it can, it can come via Scripture. And uh, I remember uh, some years ago uh, when I had been at Westminster Chapel 23 years, I, w- I began to ask myself the question, how long am I going to stay here? Uh, Something that I have told a few people, what kept me at Westminster Chapel all that time, that I sincerely thought we were going to see genuine revival. That's what I lived for. And after 23 years, I thought, when am I going to give it up? I said to myself, I'll stay 25 years, then I'll quit. And I thought, well, what am I going to do? Do go back to America. No one in America ever heard of me. I thought, well, I will move to the Florida Keys. I'll just become a recluse and fish 25 hours a day. In that moment, I heard this. I heard these words. Your ministry in America will be to charismatics. I thought, oh, no, please. (laughs) If I'm going to have a ministry in America, let it be to evangelicals. Because I have what they need. I have the credentials. I know how they think. Backwards and forwards. Please. No. Charismatics. My heart sank. But you know what? Uh, Since we've been back. uh, Came back in 2002. I didn't know how it would happen. But my ministry. 80% of my calls. 90. Perhaps. Charismatic. Churches. I didn't ask for that. Don't know did know how God would do it. But it just turned out that way. Some non-charismatics still have me. Uh, later this month, I we'll go to the Cove, Billy Graham Training Center. James Dobson likes me. He has me. And I have a few. But nearly all are charismatic churches. And then I realized the Apostle Paul lived for one thing. He really, he really wanted to reach Jews. That was what his, That's where his heart was. And God says, sorry, Paul, Gentiles. He must have thought, oh, no, please. But his ministry was to Gentiles. And sometimes God makes us go where, at the natural level, it's the last place we want to go. He may be talking to you like that. Well, the question is, how much are we to share with others when we think we hear from God? Are we to claim the Lord told me? Well, here's the thing. If you feel that God has given you a word, if you don't say, the Lord told me, but only go to them and just make a suggestion and you get it wrong, uh, not a real problem in that case. But whenever you say, the Lord told me, that means it's got to be right. Can't be wrong do you know how many prophetic people ever apologize when they get it wrong? About zero. They don't ever come back, oh, sorry about that. I made a mistake. They don't do that. They're too proud. And this is something I'm sure I'm supposed to say to you. And I've got more in a moment if we get there. But we should apologize if we do get it wrong. Because we've put... God on the spot, to say this is what is going to happen. Uh, Well, it's a habit that if you get into, you're going to have to break. And I'm trying to get you not to get into that. Now, I want to talk about six levels of prophecy. Why do that, RT? It's because not all prophecy is of the same caliber. So when Paul says, I want you to seek after spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy, I have to say he's not encouraging you to think you will be the next Elijah. He could. With God, all things are possible. But what if what he calls you to do is what I would call the low-level prophecy? I got that from Dr. Michael Eaton, who came up with these six levels. Dr. Michael Eaton died three years ago. He and I were close friends. So consider this pyramid. At the bottom of the pyramid is what I would call general exhortation. Uh, And that is what Paul really meant in 1 Corinthians 14.1. And uh, God can give you a word from somebody else. And uh, you don't need to say, the Lord told me. Just say, I've just got a feeling that that you ought to think about this. Um, The other, about four months ago, I had something happen. And I hadn't planned to tell this until I shared it with Bobby yesterday. I met a man four months ago in London, haven't seen him since, never knew him before, and we're just talking. And he said to me, you keep a journal, I said, yes. He said, uh, in an old journal, uh, you wrote something down and then took a red ballpoint pen and circled what you wrote. And. I said, yeah. He said, uh, that word is for, and he told me the person's name. He says, do you know so-and-so? I said, yes. He said, that word is for him. Well, I couldn't find out what it was because I didn't take all my diaries with me to London. I only took, you know, the current year. So when I get back from London to Nashville this week, day before yesterday, I was determined to find out what that word was. I thought it was a word I got a year or two ago. So I I went through 2018, going through every page because it's easy to see red ballpoint, so I just keep going. And then 2017, 2016... 2015, and after six hours, day before yesterday, from 5:30 in the evening, I went. is in the, the year 2005, March the 4th, and I just casually, uh oh, I said to Louise because she'd been praying all day that I'd find it. I found it. There it was. I wrote a word in Anderson, South Carolina at five o'clock in the afternoon. Something heavy on me. So much so that I did something I've never done before. I took a red ballpoint pen and circled it so I would always be able to find it. But then I forgot all about it. I don't even remember being in Anderson, South Carolina. But there it was. And I was told this is for a certain person. I sent it to him yesterday. Now here's my point. I've never had such an extraordinary word. How, imagine, imagine, saying, imagine saying to me, you keep a journal and you took a red ballpoint pen and drew around it. That is a very high level. Very high. But he didn't say the Lord told me. He didn't need to. Well, so God can do that. The next level, specific warnings. Now, certain disciples urged Paul not to go to Jerusalem. You probably know about this. These were not apostles. These were ordinary people, just like you and me. And when they see the apostle Paul, they go up to him and say, please, Don't go to Jerusalem. Paul says, don't tell me what to do. Luke is on the side of these people. Because he's the one writing it. And you can read it. Luke says, through the Spirit, they said, don't go. Paul, he's an apostle. And he dismisses these. He shouldn't have. He's the one that said, despise not prophesying. Amazing how a preacher doesn't even take his own medicine. That was the Apostle Paul. 99% of people that read that are always on Paul's side because he's an apostle. They think he couldn't make a mistake. Here were ordinary people. According to Luke, through the Spirit said, Paul went anyway. And nothing good came of it. <laughs> just read it. Nothing good. First of all, he shaves his head to prove that he's a Jew. It goes right against his own principles, but he was doing it. And... and, and Ends up in jail. Ends up in prison. They take him to Rome. Well, all things work together for good. To them that love God. To them who are called according to his purpose. And God didn't desert Paul. But it just shows how if he had listened to those men. Or women. I think it was four daughters. That included Philip's daughters. That that prophesied. So don't underestimate how God can use you. And you can go up to a high profile person. And I've learned... Not to reject words. You never know when somebody will give you just what you need right out of the blue. So, bottom level, general excitation. Then warnings. And then there's a, a level I would call prophetic preaching. That's what I do. I don't have many words for people. Once in a while I do, but not often. But... I'm a preacher, and I'm a Bible expositor, like your pastor wants to be, and is becoming. No question about it. When you are true to Scripture, people will all say, that word was for me. They'll say, how did you know I was there today? Well, that's the way God speaks. It's prophetic preaching. I have many illustrations of this, but... uh, Let me keep going. The next level, uh, persecution. Not many of you will have that, but maybe one day you will. I won't go into that, except that I think there'll be a day when you're going to have to take a stand. And you're called to prophesy, whether you like it or not. And Jesus said, when you are made to stand before kings or Uh, People, because of your faith, take no thought what you shall say. I had that happen to me once, years ago. I was given that word that day. Amazing. The Lord says, it -it 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 seemed to me, you're going to see this. Before the day was over, I was called before a council back in 1963. And lo and behold, I didn't have to worry about what to say. It just flowed. It just flowed. So that's a higher level. But then we move up the scale, non-canonical prophecy. Now what that means are prophets who don't get a book named after them. There are canonical prophets, Samuel, Jeremiah, Daniel, Isaiah. But then there were Nathan, Gad, Elijah was a non-canonical prophecy, prophet. And Elisha, and God can do this today. You asked, are there Elijahs around? Perhaps. Very rare, very rare. And maybe God would send more if people like this could be humble and not claim too much. I think one reason God takes these people to heaven sooner is that they're full of pride and and they want to be admired and God won't have it. The highest level is Holy Scripture. And this includes the Old Testament with the canonical prophets, all the New Testament. And I want, if you got nothing more out of my sermon today... Never underestimate Holy Scripture. This is God's own word. He's unashamed of it. You see, King Saul took himself too seriously. You wonder how he became yesterday's man so fast? He was only 40 years old. If you were here years ago, I've preached on yesterday's man, today's man, tomorrow's man. Tomorrow's man can be old. God didn't use Moses until he was 80. Yesterday's man can be young. King Saul was only 40, and he lost it. What happened? Why did he do it? Well, he was waiting for Samuel to show up in order to offer the burnt offerings. And Samuel didn't show up, and so King Saul says, Bring me the burnt offerings. Somebody should have stopped him and said, well, your majesty, you're not supposed to do that. Well, he would say, don't tell me what I can't do. I'm king, aren't I? Bring me the burnt offerings. In that moment, he went right against Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Went right against the ceremonial law. You might say, well, what's what's the big deal about who offers the burnt offerings? Well, the big deal is, this is God's word. He had a reason for what he did. And King Saul Became yesterday's man. Let me tell you something, dear friends. You want a fast track to becoming yesterday's man? Ignore Holy Scripture. Put yourself above it. Think it doesn't apply to you. That was King Saul. He thought he could get away with it. He's king. And it was finished. Even though he lived another 20 years, he did it without the anointing. A Chinese pastor was... uh, give it a tour of American churches. And at the end of the tour, they said to this Chinese pastor, well, what is your opinion of churches in America? Because he'd been seeing all the big ones, the little ones. And he said, what's your opinion of American Christianity? His reply was, I'm amazed how much you accomplish without God. You see, a person like King Saul, he was king for another 20 years, but he was rejected. God wasn't in it. He wore the crown, but he lost the anointing. And you can have the position and people think you're godly, when in fact, your heart is cold. Holy Scripture, never, ever, ever underestimate it. Now, I've got four minutes left. I want to say something that when James said, do not swear at all, he was addressing workers in the field, you you come at it in James chapter 5 at the beginning, who were mistreated by wealthy Christian Jews. And they were feeling hurt that this could happen to them. And James says, be careful that you don't swear. what did he mean by that? He wasn't talking about using bad language. You see, when Moses gave the third commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, he meant, don't misuse his name. He's not talking about foul language. You can include that, of course. Anytime you mention God's name in vain by cursing, one can do that, but that's not what he means. It were those who would use his name to say God's with me, but not with you. And James is saying to those Christians, don't swear, don't say God's on my side, but he's not on your side, don't ever do that. Don't bring God's name into it. And you see, this is what happens when prophetic people uh, think that they're making themselves look better. Uh, the third commandment, "You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain," is when you use His name and you say, "I'm on. I have such a buddy-buddy relationship with God. I'm so close to Him." Uh, this is where. Uh, TV people, send in your requests and I will pray for you. Why don't you teach them to pray for themselves? Oh, oh, I can pray for you. I'm closer to God than you are. It's, it, it's, it's using the name of God as to say I'm closer. God hates that sort of thing. And it's the same thing if a prophetic person says, the Lord told me. And you say, oh oh, I want to go by what you say. And they get it wrong a lot. I mean, many times I could tell stories and God doesn't like it. And these people never come back and say, sorry, the reason it is wrong to bring in the name of the Lord is because you're breaking the third command. Don't misuse the name of the Lord. I'm just going to have to stop. I'm just getting started. It's all right. What I want to do is just give you a taste and hope that when you have your prophetic conference, uh, I can say, I can think that I said a few things that could be considered. I've given you cautions. I've given you, I hope, encouragement to know that God can speak like that. And don't underestimate yourself because you're not an apostle. God can give you a word for an apostle. Hopefully, they will be humble enough to listen to you. Time's up. Heavenly Father, take this word, apply it by your Holy Spirit. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Give Dr. Kendall a round of applause, real quick. And if you would, stand to your feet. As we get ready to dismiss a couple of quick things, one, do not forget his book tables out front. He'll be signing the books to help get him, get rid of them. Like I said, his books are a wealth of knowledge and information uh, that I promise will help you grow spiritually and mature in Christ. Secondly, as you leave, the ushers will have buckets at the door to give into his ministry. So we cover all the costs, but this will go all directly towards him. Uh, and if you want to, if, like I, I give via text, you can text the word guest and your amount to so that number, 84321. It does the exact same thing. Um, and also, before you leave, if you're interested in learning more about Chapel Haiti how you can be involved in what's going on there. Is in gathering, babe? In the gathering room, my beautiful, lovely wife, who I'm glad she tells Do- Dr. Kenna how long to preach, because she tells me every Sunday that I preach too long, uh, and that's why I tell her, well, Paul told Timothy not to let women speak in church. That's what he meant. So... Uh, but anyway, she'll be in there sharing stories about Haiti, giving you all the information you need in the gathering room of service. And don't forget, Seek Night is this Wednesday. Make that a priority. Grab the hand of the next person next to you and let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you that you are our God and you are a real God, you're relational and you speak to us and through us. And right now, okay. whoever we're holding on to, Father, we There's want to still- grab hold of them. We want to intercede on their behalf. Whatever, Father, they need encouragement, we just pray that you pour encouragement into them. Father, if they need uh, healing, we just pray that you touch the bodies and heal them. Father, if they need uh, love or comfort, we just pray, Holy Spirit, you comfort them right where they are. And Father, you use them to be your hands and feet and your voice in this life. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Have a great rest of the week. We'll see you Wednesday night.